1: Last year, a series of morning teas highlighting adoptee mental health under the banner of adoptee were held around Queensland during Queensland Mental Health Week. All up, four peer-supported gatherings of adopted people were registered across Brisbane, the Sunshine Coast and regional Queensland. This year, the adoptee events will again take place during Queensland Mental Health Week, which runs from the 8th to the 16th of October. Their aim is to increase awareness and understanding of the impacts of adoption on adopted people and reduce the stigma associated with reaching out and seeking support. Today, I'm joined by the creator of Adoptee Events, Judy Glover. Thank you so much for joining us today, Judy, and telling us all about
0: Adoptee. Thanks, Joe. I'm pleased to be here. You know, your podcast is such a wonderful resource for people affected by adoption.
1: Oh, Thank you very much. Judy, I had the pleasure of attending the Brisbane event held at Broncos Leagues Club last year, and it was a great opportunity to share stories and connect. Where did the
0: idea for adoptee events come from? Well, it's a bit of a long story, Joe. Um, I am an adopted person myself. Um, in 2015, I became involved in the post-adoption stakeholders group that was working with the Queensland Government Department of Communities. Um, at the time on the Adoption Act legislation review, and that was as a member of the Association for Adoptees. And this led me to be involved in the working committees for the state and federal apology events that we hold here in Queensland for past forced adoption policies and practices, and a few other projects um, as well with PASC and the forced adoption support service. Around the same time, I studied a Diploma of Counselling and began doing individual counselling sessions, mainly with adoptees and also a few mothers. And I facilitated a bi-monthly peer support group for adopted people on the Sunshine Coast with the help of Jigsaw Queensland. And then in 2018, I went to Melbourne to an Adoptee Roundtable think tank, which was hosted by the late William Hammersley. Um, And the outcome of that meeting is what's now known as Adoptee Rights Australia. And all of this in turn led me to learn more about how the government legislation and policy and practice were affecting the lives of the people who were impacted by adoption. So I began studying a Bachelor of Social Work. And I tell you all of this because whether it was in a counselling setting, um, you know, support scenario, or when I was in the advocacy space, the loud and clear message I was getting back from adopted people was that they felt unsupported, unheard and misunderstood. Right. And overwhelmingly, they said that as they got older, it got harder. Yeah. Yeah. And while the difficulties and trauma associated with adoption are well recognized within the post-adoption support service community, such as like Jigsaw and PASC, and with the online support groups, like the closer F- Facebook groups uh, for adopted people, Outside of that, in the general community and amongst mental and physical healthcare professionals, there is a real lack of awareness and understanding. So when I came across Queensland Mental Health Week um, last year and saw the range of events that are held each year, I thought it would be a great opportunity to take the issue mainstream. So out of the echo chambers of the adoptee community and get it out into the general community. And just to make more people aware that adoption is not all rainbows and unicorns. You know, there are real issues for the people whose lives have been affected by adoption. And that's when I reached out to post-adoption support Queensland, um, which is at the Benevolent Society, just to help me turn my thoughts and ideas into what is now the adoptee event. And honestly, I couldn't have done it without their help. They were fantastic. No, it's great. And it's it's
1: such a great initiative. Um, Do you feel that there is a good understanding about the impacts of adoption in mental health services?
0: No, I don't, Joe. sadly. You know, a common misconception is that if the adoptee had a happy childhood with their adoptive family, they had a loving family, then they don't and they shouldn't have any issues with their adoption. And, you know, we know that that's just not the case. You know, what adoptees are telling me is that when they go to their GP or to their counsellor or their psychologist, or even speaking with their families or their communities, they're faced with this lack of awareness or understanding that their adoption was having an impact on their lives, on both their physical and their mental health. And even if there is an adoption, you know, an acknowledgement that adoption has challenges, the majority of mental health professionals, they just don't have the skills or the knowledge to be able to help adoptees effectively. Yeah. And that has real consequences for the adoptees reaching out for support. Yeah, and one thing that was very obvious in my studies was the lack of research in Australia into the lived experience and the impacts of adoption upon adopted people right across their lifespan, not just as children, but how it impacts them as adults as well. And you know, while there's a lot of research done overseas into the mental and physical health of adoptees, and you know, all showing much poorer outcomes for the non-adopted person, you know, than for you know for adoptees and a non-adopted person. Yeah, there's not much in the way of peer-reviewed research here in Australia. Yeah. And, you know, what I've learned is it's vital to have that research to make sure that the support needs of the people affected by adoption are adequately funded by government. You know, that's how yeah. government funding yeah. is, you know, comes about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, with one of the main aims of the gatherings being to raise awareness, what would you like people to know about the realities of adoption and its impact on adoptive people?
0: Well, as I touched on before, Joe, there's this general view in the community that if an adoptee had a happy childhood and loving adoptive parents, then they shouldn't be affected by adoption. And in fact, they should be grateful to their adoptive parents for giving them a home and providing for them. You know, it's this narrative we hear all the time. And this attempt at gaslighting adoptees, so denying the reality for adopted people, you know, it fails to recognise the different events at the start of an adoptee's life, that their birth is one event, and then there's this gap of time, and then their adoption is a different event. Right. So... For, forced, for adoptees that were born into the closed and forced adoption era, you know, most likely their mother <clears throat> excuse me, was unmarried um, and she would have been sent away by her parents to an unmarried mother's home or you know, some equally distressing situation. And you know, research now shows us that the stress hormones of the mother affect the development of the nervous system of the baby in utero. And the vast majority of babies taken at birth you know, were taken at birth or very soon after birth from their mother um, in our generation.
1: Yeah.
0: And in research terms, this is called neonatal maternal separation. And it's been shown to alter the DNA and nervous system of the baby. And that has lifelong consequences on the mental health and the gut health, which can be triggered at any age, you know, right through to late adulthood. Mm, And our gut health is also involved in um, depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and all of this took place even before the baby met their adoptive parents. You know, we're talking about two different things here, two completely different events in that child's life, one being separated from their mother and their father and their family, and then secondly being adopted into another family. However, they are so often conflated together into the one idea of being adopted. And, you know, there may have been days or weeks or months between those two events. Yeah, and most adoptees don't really know what happened to them during that time. You know, they could have been kept at the hospital or sent to an orphanage, but they probably didn't have consistency of one caregiver during that time, which, you know, that lack of nurturing um, can lead to attachment issues as well.
1: Yeah.
0: And when that baby is adopted and meets their adoptive parents for the first time, they are essentially strangers and you know it takes time for the baby to become familiar and comfortable with their adoptive family and build that trust and love and while at the same time they're doing that they're grieving the loss of their mother their first mother mm-hmm. um but the new adoptive parents they were led to believe that the baby they received was this blank slate you know that it, the baby doesn't know anything about this um so you know, they were often ill-equipped to support their adoptive child through this grieving process or what comes afterwards. Um, you know, in, in fact, in his video, um, Dr Paul Sunderland um, tells how babies um, recognise their mother's voice from, from, right from the third trimester of pregnancy and that the research he talks about shows that a baby can distinguish their own mother's voice and smell from any other person right from birth. You know, they know who their mother is. So when the baby loses their mother at birth, it's traumatic for them and they go into that fight, flight, freeze response. You know, and the baby experiences that loss of the mother as life-threatening because essentially it is, you know, babies are born helpless and, you know, instinctively they know that they need their mother. Yeah. Dr. Thunderland, he calls this a trauma that it can be remembered but not recalled. Um, and that's because it happened to the baby pre-verbally, you know, before their prefrontal cortex came on long and online and that they were um, had the ability of cognitive thought, which happens at about two years of age. Mm-hmm. Um, so often these thoughts and feelings that come up for adoptees, they don't have words for them because it happened pre-verbally. You know, all this stuff happened before they had words. So yeah. as an adult, the adoptee can't find words. Yeah. Um, So when that baby meets her adoptive family, they've already been through so much, you know, and if they have a loving adoptive family and a happy childhood, it doesn't wipe out that start of the person's life. It doesn't make it disappear. It still happened and it needs to be recognised and acknowledged and dealt with. Um, In fact, Nancy Verrier in her book, The Primal Wound, um, she quotes that, you know, she believes the more appropriate question to be, you know, why wouldn't the separation from the mother to whom, you know, the baby was connected for nine months affect the infant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the
1: things I was just thinking about is you're saying that all of that, um, if you're a late discovery adopted person too, you don't even have like the knowledge, the after knowledge that something happens. So all these things are going on, you. you, you have absolutely no idea why they're happening
0: exactly yeah it's still going on within the person but they have no context to put it into exactly yeah yeah yeah
1: so the adoptee gatherings are primarily oh I couldn't get that word out are primarily for adopted (laughs) people to connect share and learn however there is also an opportunity to educate the public about the impacts of adoption. Are you hoping to see some events that take an informative approach for the wider community?
0: Yes, Jo, um, that that is certainly one of the the hopes for the adoptee. Um, You know, last year there were adoptee events held by Post Adoption Support Queensland at the Benevolence Society um, and by the Link-Up Service and the Adoption and Permanent Care Service Department of the Queensland Government. And, you know, they were um, forums for those organisations to share practice, knowledge and experience um, in supporting people affected by adoption. And there was some great feedback from those events last year.
1: Um,
0: But additionally, by having these events public, um, it's an an option, an opportunity for non-adoptees to hear from adoptees themselves about what it's like to live as an adopted person. You know, often it's not talked about um, it can be a bit of a taboo subject, so it's a great opportunity to get the word out there to a wider audience. And, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's certainly our hope.
1: Yeah. Um, so for anyone who's considering hosting an event um, who might be struggling to think of how to go about it, sometimes that's enough to put people off, can you give us some ideas of what um, they might consider doing?
0: Yeah, sure, Joe. Jo. Um, You know, an adoptee doesn't have to be complicated. You know, it can be as simple as getting a few people together around your kitchen table or just meet, you know, for a picnic in the the park. Um, You know, last year there was an event held at the RSL club on the Sunshine Coast where they just reserved some tables and brought along a cake to share. And, you know, that was a huge success, that event. Um, At another event, a mother had a table outside her workplace um, where she spoke with all the passers-by about adoption. Um, yeah, so yeah, and that's another point too. You don't necessarily need to be an adoptee, you know, that was a mother hosting a group as well, and you're hosting an adoptee as well. Yeah, and excuse me. And you know, myself, along with another adoptee, Colleen, you know, we held the morning tea at the Broncos Leagues Club here in Brisbane last year, which is the one we came along to, Joe, yeah, um, and which we're doing again this year, yeah. Um, and you again, know was. That was- so I was Hang going to on. say what
1: was fantastic about that too is there were so many different people and different experiences there. You know, we had inter-country adoptees, we had older adoptees, we had younger adoptees, we had mothers there. I mean, it was just fantastic. And plus spouses of of some people came along as well.
0: Yeah, indeed. You know, it's for everyone. It's not just for adoptees. You know, you you're quite welcome to bring along, you know, family and support people and yeah you know, and just learn from each other, just connect and share and and form that community and and learn from each other. Yeah, Yeah. so, you know, it really can be whatever you want it to be. As I said, the idea is just getting adoptees together to connect and share their stories. Yeah, fantastic.
1: So how can people find out more or become involved or um, register to host or attend um, an adoptee event?
0: Jo, the easiest way is to go to the Post Adoption Support Queensland um, website. They've come up on board again this year to support um, the events and you know a huge thank you to them again. Um, they have a page on their website, um, as well as there's a, a Facebook page specifically called The Adoptee set up for that. Um, that's where you can um, register your interest in holding an adoptee event. Um, and when you do, you'll be emailed a resource pack um, from past with tips for planning your adoptee. It's got an invitation template in there and lots of other resources that you might find helpful.
1: Excellent. Thanks to Pass for doing that. Um, yeah. So have you got any events already registered?
0: We do, yes. Um, as I said, Colleen and I are hosting an adoptee um, here in Brisbane again um, on Sunday, the 16th of October. Um, so all the details for that will be on the Adoptee Facebook page. Um, we do ask that people RSVP for catering purposes, um,
1: you know, Absolutely, as yep. we would
0: for any of the events. Yep. Uh, and I know the Benevolent Society is, again, having um, an event for, um, like, an educational event for their professional networks. So, yeah, that's one that's definitely coming up too. Excellent. Um, yeah, so we're just getting it off the ground at the moment for this year. So as the adoptee events are registered with PASC, they will be added to the Facebook page. So you know, check back regularly to see if there's one in, you know, the areas close to you. And if there's not one close by, you know, I, I highly encourage people to considering holding an adoptee of their own. You know, having said that, if you choose to hold an adoptee and you want it private, that's okay too. Um, you can still contact PATH to get their resource pack to help you, but you can let them know that you don't want the event to be listed publicly or, you you know, you can ask for your address and things not to be listed publicly. That's quite okay too. Yeah.
1: I'm just thinking, actually, you know, if you lived in regional Queensland and you don't know many people impacted by adoption in your area, hosting something like this and putting it on your community pages to let people know that it's happening could be a really great way to connect with people in your community that you
0: didn't even know. Absolutely, Joe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're hoping is these events will bring people together, so that adoptees don't feel so isolated, um, and you know, and give them that opportunity to, you know talk about what's happened to them and you know make those connections with other adoptees you know whose stories might be quite similar and um so you don't feel so alone yeah. within this yeah
1: well judy thank you so much for telling us about adoptee today um as i said it is a fantastic initiative so thank you so much for putting all this work into um creating it and, and getting it together it always it we need people like you who are willing to not just talk about things, but do things and get them going. So thank you so much for that. And um, I'll be looking forward to attending the Brisbane event myself. Great. And uh, thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And I will pop up the relevant links that Judy was talking about on our podcast notes page too. So that's one place you can go to find all of the links that you need if you can't find them on your own. And uh, meanwhile, do you have a story that you'd like to share with us? If you'd like to be interviewed for the podcast, jump onto the main podcast page of the Jigsaw Queensland website and complete the prospective guest form that you'll find there. And please note that Adopt Perspective can be listened to by people all over the world. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Adopt Perspective podcast. If you'd like to find out more, go to the podcast page on www.jigsawqueensland.com. And you'll find a wealth of information and resources on the website. If you reside in Queensland, you can reach Jigsaw Queensland's Forced Adoption Support Service on toll-free 800 Or you can call Jigsaw on 7 33 58 If you live in another state of Australia, you can still call the Forced Adoption Support Service number and your call will be answered by the Forced Adoption Support Service in the state that you're calling from. In every other state, Relationships Australia operates this service. A big thank you to Matt Sparrow for composing and recording our original theme music. Until next time, I'm Jo Sparrow saying farewell from Adopt Perspective, a podcast for anyone affected by adoption. Thank you.